Hello, everybody, and of course, welcome back to another episode of X Talking Ish with your boy X. And unfortunately, at this moment, no Ish, but Ish could be joining us later on tonight. Don't know just yet. He is at church wrapping up some things, so he might join us just a little bit late, or he might not be on at all. But either the way, we'll go ahead and recap week 10 for tonight on Facebook. Of course, you can find us at X Talking Ish. Go ahead and hit that like button on our page and as well on youtube go ahead is up on our uh, page at x talking ish go ahead hit that red subscribe button and hit that notification bell so you can be notified for shows like this one in the future and as well check us out on periscope aka x at x talking ish and as well as on my personal page at x underscore williams 81 i went ahead and retweeted it and you can go ahead and Check us out from there. Alrighty then. With that being said, appreciate you guys as always for tuning in to X Talking Ish. This is week 10 of the recap of week 10, of course. And um, we are a week removed from the midway point. So second half of the season where if you're a good team, you need to, of course, take care of those bad teams and win games that you are supposed to win. And if you are a team that's pretty much not going to go anywhere the rest of the season, kind of like the Carolina Panthers and a couple other teams. It's about time for you to go ahead and get ready for the draft because um, you kind of have put yourself in such a big of a hole that you're probably not going to be able to get out of it by the end of the season. So with that being said, like I said, for the people that haven't uh, joined us uh, until right now, Ish will be out for a little bit of the beginning part of this show. He might be able to join us later on. Again, just due to church at the moment for him. So he's praising the Lord. You got to you gotta let this man praise the Lord first, and then he'll come in and bless us with some football knowledge. All righty then. Let's go ahead and get right into the nitty-gritty. And I'll, of course, follow this up later on when Ish gets back. But we need to address the ugliness that we saw. Unfortunately, we saw on uh, Sunday morning um, in – over in Germany. Great thing is that this game was not played in the United States because uh, this was an ugly one. Um, final score, 10 to six. If you had the uh, the under on this game, great job for you because this game was nowhere near the uh, betting line uh, for the amount of points that people assume that this, that these two teams would put up. Um, There's really a lot I can say, really a lot I can say about this game. These two teams, um, the quarterback, the offensive coordinator, the head coach, obviously. And I'm talking about the Patriots. Um, but if you're not a Patriots fan, let's just be completely honest. Most of us that are football fans are enjoying the unravelment of the Patriots right in front of us. Um, a lot of people, again, if you're not a Patriots fan, are sick and tired of this quote-unquote Patriots dominance that they've had for over – Almost, I'm, I'm close to 20 years, almost a little over 20 years. Um, and obviously with Tom Brady moving on to Tampa and being able to win a ring before he retired, that has kind of cemented him and his place of great players. There was obviously those question marks on who did it. Was it Belichick or was it Tom Brady? Belichick or Tom Brady? Tom Brady on his side doesn't have to answer those questions at all. Belichick on one hand, I mean, very interesting to see how this all plays out. I mean, rumblings are already, of course, when it comes to maybe this is his last year with the Patriots. Um, no guarantees that he will continue to coach, but I'm happy Fracture Wanda brought this up because I did see this about 20 minutes before I came on the air. Uh, Fracture Wanda says, and people want Bill as the Chargers coach. Um, and that's what the rumors going on right now. Apparently, if he does move on from New England, he might move – on to the Chargers, who is a team that we've talked about a lot here on this show. Fratriwana, of course, he knows it firsthand. And anybody else that tunes into the show, we need Brandon Staley to move on from the Chargers because the Chargers most likely are being held back because of just the coach alone. Have too much talent on both sides of the ball, for me, including honest. If you look at both sides of the ball, they have a lot of talent. 
and the talent I just honestly feel like is not being utilized the way that it should be utilized. So if you do get a guy like a Bill Belichick, my concern is because of just his age. I think you can get away with being an older coach in a sport like a basketball, like Greg Popovich coaching with Spurge at the moment. And obviously with baseball as well, too, being an older management, uh, older manager. But in football, the grind, and and don't get me wrong, I know baseball is 162 games. I know basketball is a longer season with 82 games. I understand all that. But the mental preparation for football, not just week in and week out throughout the season, but also, of course, in the offseason as well, too, that is something that literally puts coaches into the grave earlier than they should. If you go back and look at plenty of these coaches in the past, some coaches are so dedicated to their craft, like a Bill Belichick, that he's probably going to die in his office. And that's and for Bill Belichick, that's perfectly fine for him because that's just how he's wired. But for Belichick, it's going to be very interesting to see what he wants to do moving forward. Um, again, just because there are rumors and just because there's speculation doesn't always mean that it's going to happen, right? There was speculation that Tom Brady was trying to go to the Raiders, and apparently those are some true things that could have happened. It just didn't happen, right? So these things could happen for Belichick and the Chargers, but it'd be interesting to see how this all plays out. If I'm the Chargers, of course you want to obviously interview Bill Belichick and entertain it, but I, I just don't know how much more Bill Belichick can give me at this point of his career. Now, don't get me wrong. We talk about it all the time here on X Talking Is that that the Chargers need to get this defense squared away. And Bill Belichick could be the person to come and square that away, get the defense squared away, and let maybe a guy like Kellen, Kellen Moore continue to keep doing this thing on the office side or maybe bring in a guy like Josh McDaniels, unfortunately, to be an office coordinator there in L.A. Again, I'm just speculating, but – if I'm Bill Belichick, and again, this is just me, I'm going to the front office. I I really don't think if I'm Belichick, I really don't have it too much to prove. Everybody can bring up, of the course, the whole situation with him and Brady, and he didn't win without Brady, and this, that, and the third. I don't think Belichick really cares. I think he's secure with himself. I think he can go take his money and take his experience into the front office and – be able to win another championship as a front office, you know, position uh, moving forward. Of course, we don't know what's all going to play out until it plays out. But if I'm Belichick, I mean, if now now if I'm thinking about it. I mean, worst case scenario for Belichick, I mean, I go coach at the Chargers for like two years. I can get fired and still get my paycheck. You know, like a Jimbo Fisher or any any of these other fire coaches. You know, just get fired and get seventy million dollars you know, hand it to you. I mean, if I get, if I'm Belichick, I mean, why not? Right. Go ahead and get you a nice little payday in LA. I, I don't know. I just, I just don't want to see, I just don't want to see Belichick 82 years old coaching the chargers for, for no reason. Fractor Wanda says first age, then second question is who is his OC? Um, Fractual one also says, if I'm a Chargers fan, I'm praying Brandon turns it around so the team doesn't consider Bill, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I'm like, and like I've spoke about first, uh, like I spoke about earlier when it comes to, yeah, his age, his age itself is just kind of um, worrisome, right? Um, I just don't want to see Bill Belichick having some type of heart issues, some type of medical complication on the sideline, you know, during the game. It's just not a good look. Uh, also, Fracture wanted to ask about who would beat his OC. Again, the two names that I could think of because he just loves him, some Patriot disciples, Josh McDaniels, unfortunately, and then maybe Bill O'Brien. Maybe he might bring Bill O'Brien over here, or maybe Bill O'Brien might get promoted to become the head coach for New England Patriots if if that might that situation might turn into that when it comes to Belichick moves on and maybe Bill O'Brien might be the heir apparent. Who knows? But – this offseason, man, and, I, and I've and i said this for like the last two years when it comes to offseasons being crazy, and they have been. This offseason is going to be even crazier because we're going to have a lot of moving pieces from coaches to top players. Um, this upcoming draft, of course. I mean, one thing about Fraction 1, he loves him some offseason. He loves him some draft. This is going to be very, 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 very inter interesting 
Um, do we see a guy like Jim Harbaugh come come down from or come up from college back into the pros? You know, do we see a guy like Brandon Staley go from head coaching position to maybe back to OC and and be able to put on a hell of a performance somewhere as an OC somewhere? Do you know what about Sean McDermott in, in Buffalo? You know, watch out for him. He could be on the hot seat and could be out of there sooner than he thinks. A lot of questions to to ask, a lot of answers that need to be answered. Again, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. I'd love to hear Ish's input on this if he's able to be on tonight. If not, we'll talk about it next week because I'm pretty sure Patriots sooner or later they'll they'll lose another game and we'll bring this back up again when it comes to if Belichick needs to go ahead and move on or not. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the Texans and Bengals game. Now, again, I wish Ish was here to talk about this game because um, now last week when we talked about C.J. Stroud and Houston Texans, mainly about C.J. Stroud when it comes to last week's game being his, the game that they look back on three years from now if they're winning a Super Bowl and saying that this was the game that we knew that C.J. Stroud was the man. Well, he decided to pull a Drake and go back-to-back because not just winning the game last week in fantastic in a fantastic way, he pulls it up, pulls it off again, uh, beating a guy who a lot of people feel as though could be the best quarterback in the NFL and one of the better teams in the NFL as well, the Cincinnati Bengals at home. Um, I mean, honestly, wow, right? I mean, if you're watching this game, um, I was out of town, so I was watching it through um, – my, my application of ESPN, I wasn't really able to watch the games in depth. Um, but to honestly see CJ Stroud doing what he's doing, um, besides it being great for the city of Houston and for the Texans themselves, um, it's just overall, it's, it's like, seriously, it's, it's great for the, this young Bulls, this young Bulls on parade as Texan fans call it, the Bulls on Parade. These young Bulls out here getting it every week on some serious notes. It's, it's really great to see these cats go out there and perform. Um, and I'm trying to be very careful with my words because this kind of is reminding me of Lamar Jackson. And what I mean by that is we get so infatuated with somebody's style of play and who they are as a person. Uh, because I see CJ Stroud, I see a lot of Jesus quotes that are out there, and I see a lot of people that like him because he speaks about, of course, the Lord. And again, nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that when you put a person in that position, it's hard for people to actually critique them football wise because everybody's so personally embedded in this person that people think you're attacking their character. When in reality, you're just talking about their actual football play. So as Shannon Sharp would say, anytime I'm saying something about a player, aka Lamar Jackson, I'm hating. But when I'm pointing out what's going on, y'all think I'm hating, but in reality, I'm just critiquing. The reason why I bring all this up for CJ Stroud is because CJ Stroud is having a great year. He's going to be probably even better moving forward because that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, as a second and third year player is to be better than what you were as a rookie, right? That's just, that's just, it is what it is. My thing is that, and if you are a part of Houston sports, like Fracture Walnut, like anybody else that's listening, y'all should know sooner or later that unfortunately, for whatever reason, this city just has some type of voodoo at the moment against them when it comes to anytime they have anything good going on, sooner or later, something bad will happen. I'm not saying it's gonna to happen to CJ Stroud. I'm not I'm not wishing anything upon him or the Houston Texans. I'm just saying that if I'm a Texans fan, let's enjoy this year, let's enjoy what's going on, but let's also maybe relax a little bit when it comes to projecting a certain hey, we're gonna do A, B, and C, we're gonna do A, B, and C because you just had a franchise quarterback just a couple of years ago named Sean Watson that could have easily probably led that team to an AFC Conference Championship game appearance or maybe even a Super Bowl if things didn't fall apart. I know these two situations are two separate situations, but I'm saying let's not uh, count, your, count your chickens before they hatch, right? 
So for the Texans and Texans fan bases that are, that are watching all around the world, enjoy this. Have some fun. When I was in Denver, surprisingly, I saw a lot of Texan fans. Was not was not expecting to see that at all. But the Texan fan base, they're out here. They're they're showing off their colors once again. It's not embarrassing to wear a Texans uniform, a Texans gear, I should say. And for this young crew, the core itself, I should say, they need to build on this and get better and get better and not come not become complacent and be okay with just winning, you know, a couple of games you're not supposed to win. So it'll be interesting to see how all of this pans out moving forward because, like I've said, this year has always been the foundational year for the Texans. And I've already stated in the offseason, and I'll bring the clip up. I'm going to I'm gonna chop up the piece, uh, the clip sooner uh, than you guys think. But I'm going to chop it up when I've stated in the offseason that I feel like the Texans can win eight or nine games, and they are on pace to do that. Again, I know I got called crazy, but again, I'm just I'm just trying to be very realistic about a lot of things that we talk about here on on, on X Talking Ish. Before the season started, I said that the tech, the Titans would win the, the, the uh, division in the AFC South. That ain't gonna happen. Okay, again, being realistic, and the off season looked like one way during the season. It ain't looking like that right now. Okay, so it just is what it is when it comes to sports. We think that something's going to happen. It doesn't happen, or it just welcome welcome to sports. Fraction says, "Hey, let's go, CJ. Seven rookie of the year, or just maybe, just maybe first rookie since '57, Jim Brown to win MVP again. That's 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 what I be talking about when it comes to the whole pump the brakes thing. But again, could it could happen? We'll we'll see what happens." Rice Waddle says the city is loving it. Rockets playing well. Dynamo balling. It's a party in my city. Yeah. Now the real question is if you're if you're not, and let's be honest. Again, if I'm, I'm from Houston, Rice Waddle from Houston. If you're not from if you're not Hispanic, do you do anybody even know what's going on with the Dynamo? I'm just being completely honest, dude. Can somebody let me know? Um, I know the Dynamo really are like the only organization in Houston that actually consistently win. So I'm not talking in shade. I'm just asking like. Like why do not the why do the Dynamo not get promoted the same way or or close to the Rockets, the Astro, whoever it is? You know, again, this is a city that is very multicultural, and I'm not talking about just Hispanic. I'm talking about, of course, people that are even from like Africa or India, whoever it is that loves soccer. Soccer is a is an international sport. I'm just trying to figure out why the Dynamo don't get as much marketing as they probably should because they're the only team in, in, in Houston, again, besides the Astros, that actually win anything. But I agree, Frax, one of the city of Houston is is looking a lot different than it did in the past before uh, these teams started winning. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the Browns and Ravens. Of course, we just talked about uh, Deshaun Watson and, of course, Deshaun Watson's previous team, the Houston Texans. Uh, of course, we'll dive into this game with his new team, the Cleveland Browns, taking on the Baltimore Ravens. And before this game started, of course, I did um, talk about this game on Sunday, and I expected this to be a black and blue type of game. I expected this to be um, a low-scoring affair, and apparently I was wrong. And that's what happens with football. You think you know everything, and all of a sudden you get punched in the face, and you realize that I don't know shit. And apparently with this game, um, both teams wanted to score points, which is just an awe because both of these teams' defense are really good. Um, Browns put up 30, Ravens put up 30. Uh, the Browns might have won the battle, but they definitely have lost the war uh, after this game, unfortunately, losing, excuse me, unfortunately, losing Deshaun Watson for the rest of the season, uh, having to undergo shoulder surgery. Um, of course, I know all of the jokes and memes and all that fun stuff will come out when it comes to massage parlors and massaging the shoulder and all that cute stuff. That's that's of course that's something that Deshaun's going to have to unfortunately live with when it comes to the trolls. But uh, for the Browns in the situation that they've been in pretty much all season long, when it comes to inconsistent quarterback play for Watson being either hurt or just inconsistent play, um, to of course letting go Josh Dobbs in the middle of the season. Now looking back on it, maybe they've maybe they should have kept Dobbs. Uh, of course, they do have DTR on the roster at the moment, who they felt as though 
play well in a rookie uh, in his rookie showing in the in the preseason. Uh, yes, he did perform well, and of course, uh, I want to say it was that Hall of Fame game that kind of blew everybody's mind. Like, oh man, Cleveland actually has a pretty good backup that can that can maybe beat out of Sean Watson. Never thought about that at all, but he maybe could be serviceable, and as long as he does the right things when it comes to don't turn the ball over and and make sure that you get the ball to your playmakers. Maybe the Browns still have a chance in AFC North, but without Watson, they really don't have a chance. I mean, for being completely honest, uh, people can easily say Watson isn't what he used to be, and that's completely understandable. Uh, there's been plenty of times where I've looked at his play and it has disappointed me and, and honestly made me want to throw up by just because of the type of play that he's put on, put out there on the field. But uh, when Watson is out there at QB1, they are a better team. There's just no way around it. Um, it'd be interesting to see how the Browns rally because as long as that defense is intact, they have a chance. Um, but that defense is going to have to step up even more and might, it might have to create more turnovers and also add some points onto the board uh, as well. So it'd be interesting to see how this, this all plays out. Um, besides, of course, the Browns and losing Deshaun Watson, this is another one of those games where you have to kind of just shake your head a little bit um, at this Baltimore team. Um, again, seven and three is nothing to be to put your head down about and, and nothing to be ashamed about when it comes to the record. The record, the record is what the record is, right? I mean, it's it's a damn good record, and the teams that you've lost to, which are the Browns, uh, the Steelers, and and uh, the Colts, two of those teams, of course, are divisional teams, but to be able to um, not put the Browns away and go with that sweep, being able to, to uh, beat the Browns both at home and away, that might come and bite you in the butt later on in the season when you might have needed that divisional win. So, it'll be, again, it would be interesting to see how these all this all plays out for both teams right now. Like I said, the uh, Ravens are 7-3. and three, The Browns are 6-3. and three. So the Browns are just a game back um, of this of this AFC uh, North at the moment. Baltimore Baltimore is number one. Uh, Pittsburgh is two, and Cleveland is number three. Both with six and three records. Obviously, to put, uh, because of divisional records uh, at the moment, Pittsburgh is number two. Uh, but the Bengals are right there behind everybody, five and four. Definitely not out of uh, not out of it at all. So that division, I mean, I've said it last week. I think it can get three teams in. It would definitely surprise me if they got all four teams in. But the Browns, they, they have a chance, though. They can definitely still sneak into the playoffs some way, somehow. All right, let's go ahead and, again, segue right back into another team that we just talked about when it comes to a team formerly playing with, and that's Mr. Um, Joshua Dobbs. And before we get to uh, that, let me go ahead and get to the comments section right quick. Um, my boy Fracture One says they were in a slump for about three to four years, but came back strong these past two years. Uh, he also says, I feel bad for Sean Watson being done for the season. I really do hope he can turn it around and get back to that guy who was leading my home 24-0 in the playoffs. Also said, can we start to question the defense of the Ravens? Uh, I'll quickly answer that one. Honestly, no, I think it's too early. I and no, I'm sorry, not too. I'm sorry, not, I want to say too early. I just think this this is just one of those divisional games, right? I mean, any other week, I mean, the Ravens are put it. Let, let's. I'm just want to look at previous scores. Uh, held the held the Seahawks to three points. Held the Cardinals to 24. Which again, this is just one of those weird games. Held the Lions, a high-power Lions office to six points. The Lions just scored 41 points this past week, right? Titans to 16 points. Uh, the Steelers to 17, even though you lost that game. Held held this same Browns team to three points uh, beginning of October. Um, you know, so, it, you know, for me, it's like I can't, I can't fault the defense too much because – one thing about being on offense, if you continue to either turn the ball over or give your defense horrible field position to work with, you're obviously going to give up points, right? It's not like it's going to, 
it's not like you can give the ball to the opposing team on the 25 yard line, expect the defense to say, Hey, stop this team from scoring any type of points. That's just kind of insane there. So both it's, it's on both. It's on the Ravens to offense to play better. And it's also for the Ravens defense to make sure you're not giving up 30 points a game, but I don't, that's I just feel like this is just one of those one-off games. I don't see this being a consistent thing for the Ravens. So we'll see how this all plays out. Uh Fresh Warner says facts. That is true. The AC North always beat each other up, always an injury coming out of those games. Also, Bengals Ravens is going to be game of the week. It's definitely going to be one of those games to look out for. I feel like every time we always say game of the week, it just don't end up being game of the week. So we're not gonna call it game of the week just yet. Let's just say, let's just hope that it actually lives up to the hype. Because that is definitely going to be a very, 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 very important game uh, for a divisional standing. Because Ravens can easily go from first place to third place real quick um, after next week. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you there, Fractured. If, if uh, Ravens don't get their stuff together real quick, they 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 could be looking real weary. It's going to be very interesting again. Uh, see how this second half of the NFL season plays out. All right, like I so said, to get into the Saints and the Vikings. Uh, Joshua Dobbs do what Joshua Dobbs does once again, and that's become a rocket scientist on the field and lead a team uh, to victory that wasn't supposed to be led. Um, I was talking to my wife about this, of course, because she's a Saints fan, and this whole season I've – I try my best. I really do. I try my best to uh, – to – make the saints like not 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 beat up on the saints all the time because i feel like i do beat up on the saints and, I, and i'm trying my best not to like you know give them a hard time and 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 saying my wife i don't like seeing my wife all mad you know i, I want to make sure she's happy but i know for sure this saints team is pissing my wife off and i know for sure it's pissing off the other saints fans out there because the just the inconsistency and just the the up and downness of this team. They're at the moment they are five and five, and they that's what they are. They are a middle of the road team, a up and down team, a team that is just you don't know what you're going to get out of them. I, I've I've stated with them, and also with this division, they have the NFC South is the box of chocolates type of team, box of chocolates type of division because you just never know what you're going to get. And it's unfortunate because the defense itself is talented enough to maybe get them to a, at least a conference championship game appearance, maybe not a Super Bowl, but it can. I think it can compete with a lot of different defenses in the NFC. But it's this offense. This offense is all season long has just been inept. Uh, no matter who you put back there, from Carr to uh, to uh, Taysom Hill or even Jameis, the offense is just not performing the way that it probably should. Um, there should be no reason why a, a second week starter of a team that he's not, he has no comfortability with all season long should come into this game and beat you. Um, Josh Dobbs, 23 for 34, 268 and a touchdown. Again, this, the, the stat line that Joshua Dobbs is putting up is nothing amazing when it comes to, 300 yards, three touchdowns. He's he's literally playing the way that he's always played. Uh, I see people on social media talk about how amazing of uh, that he's playing, and I'm just like, if you look at this, not just the stat line, but look at how he played. He's always played like this. He's he's played like this since the Tennessee Titans to the Browns. I mean, this isn't anything new. It's just as a starting quarterback for 17 games. Unfortunately for Josh, he has a lot of up and downness, right? But as a serviceable quarterback, as a guy that you could probably fit it, throw in there and maybe throw into the fire and find a way, he can do that. Now, I saw somebody talk about this and I didn't really think about it, but now that they brought it up, I was like, you know what? That's a pretty damn good comparison. I mean, it definitely seems like that at this at this point. And somebody said Joshua Dobbs reminds him of this generation's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, again, if you think about it, at first it was just that it's stupid. But then if you think about it, you really break it down. Both of these guys are really smart guys, right? 
Fitzpatrick with the Harvard, smart guy, played multiple teams, you know, was never a great, great quarterback, but was a good guy, good quarterback that can come in and win a couple of games after the magic wears off, then it's, you know, on to another team. That's what I really see in Joshua Dobbs. Like Josh Dobbs is not going to be a guy that's going to come in for 17 games and win you nine, 10, 11 games and you go to a, a, a playoff run. Josh Dobbs is a guy that's going to play well for three to four weeks. He's going to – it's Lynn Sanity all over again. He's going to hype everybody up. He's going to enjoy this. And then once the magic wears off, once we know how he plays, this shit gets stopped. So, you know, again, Josh – it goes with Josh Dobbs. It goes with C.J. Stroud. It goes with Lamar Jackson. It goes for Josh Allen. I'm throwing him out there too. We're going to talk about that real soon. Uh, Justin Herbert. Like I said, some of these guys I hear – up and down, up and down, right? Up and down. We need more consistency. And for the guys that are consistent, like a Jared Goff, for whatever reason, Jared Goff don't get the same type of respect that he probably should because of him being consistent in his craft and his position. Um, Josh Dobbs, I think he's a flash in the pan. I think he's a guy that's going to perform well when he can, but when it's time to put a little bit of pressure on him, we'll see how that all plays out when he's, Again, week 16, week 17, if if he's still a starting quarterback for the Vikings, which he probably should be, we'll, we'll see how this all plays out for them. At the moment, Vikings are 6-4. and four. Um, I'm pretty sure they are second in the NFC North. Let me double check. Um, yes, they are second in the NFC North on 6-4. and four. You know, a game that half back behind the Lions. Again, that's interesting to see how that all plays out. The Lions win a division, but ooh, watch out for those sneaky Vikings. Could maybe make some noise. We'll see how that all plays out. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Speaking of the Lions, go ahead and move right into the Lions and the Chargers game. Um, I thought this was an interesting game, not just for my fantasy team, because shout out to Justin Herbert taking care of uh, his uh, business with – Four tuggies on the day and three over 300 yards. Again, numbers-wise, if you love numbers, numbers look great for Justin Herbert. They always do. Uh, just, of course, couldn't get that the big number, which is the W. I know W is the letter, but, hey, just just saying. Um, and I think that's the Chargers MO, right? We talked about it earlier with the whole Bill Belichick thing. That's just the Chargers MO. We put up a lot of points. We score, we score, uh, score a lot of points, put up a lot of yardage. Everybody looks cool crossing the goal line, but for whatever reason, we just can't finish games. We just cannot get a W. And to end the game, of course, the Lions kick a last-second field goal uh, to win the game in L.A., uh, which I'm pretty sure the Chargers are used to when it comes to uh, being let down at home. So at this point, Chargers are 4-5. and five. I will say the season's over for them, but I'm not saying that the season is still in graphs to be able to make a run in the AFC. This team has too much talent to be in the position that they're in right now. They should have won at least six or seven games so far. Um, if I'm the Chargers organization, you've got to move on from Brandon Staley. Now, who to replace him? Of course, honestly, I don't know right now. But if the rumblings are true about Jim Harbaugh, and I am the Chargers, and I, my ownership group, for the most part, should have some money. You throw whatever you need to throw at Jim Harbaugh. I, the, I think the good thing about the Chargers is that they're going to be in a position this upcoming year to where they get to kind of get a pick of the litter when it comes to some of these coaches that are going to be um, hot commodities. And I think the destination and who you have on your roster, again, on both sides of the ball, offensive, defensive, defensive-wise, I think it's attractive to a lot of different coaches. And again, if I'm Jim Harbaugh and I can, you know, go to LA, go back to the go back to the Cali region and and go coach out of there. I mean, I don't see why you say no to that. I don't know if you still want to stay in the Midwest, you know, you stay true to your roots and go to Chicago. Like that's speculating out right now. I, again, if I'm the Chargers, I'd do whatever is possible to go and get Jim Harbaugh. A veteran coach, not as old as Bill Belichick, but still young enough to galvanize a team, galvanize these young players. I think that's a great fit. As always, of course, I'm not in charge, so I don't. I can't make these moves and these decisions. But I think anybody with some common sense can just see that this is like a match made in heaven. 
And if that's something that you want to kind of get together, make that happen, L.A. Uh, for the most part, the Lions, again, are doing what they need to do, 7-2 and two on the season. Could easily be 8-1. Um, but for the Lions as well, too, nobody's really going to believe in them until they get to the playoffs and they win a playoff game, right? I mean, and it's really no shade on the Lions at all. It's really – just comes down to the Lions and a couple other teams out here that haven't really proven anything to us. It, it you know, we're at a point where okay, you know, shout out to y'all, good for y'all that y'all actually winning games. That's that's great, but y'all want to take the next step. The Lions want to take the next step. They want to be talked about and mentioned in those serious conversations in the NFC. So to be able to do that, you have to go out there and go win a game in the playoffs. So until the Lions are able to do that, I'm not saying I don't care what they do in a regular season, but some of these games should be, you know, tune-up games and preparation games for you to be ready for the playoffs. I think this is a good game to be uh, used as playoff motivation moving forward and to say, hey, look, we, we were able to beat a playoff team that was last year. Now the Chargers, of course, screwed themselves out of a win themselves against the Jaguars last year. It's a whole another conversation. But for the Lions, again, you got to look at yourself and say, hey, we're we're beating on teams that, you know, are really good. And, you know, the losses, the two losses that we have were against the Lions and the Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks game went into overtime. So two teams that could possibly be in the playoffs this upcoming year. Um, other than that, the Lions have to continue to keep doing what they're doing. They have – one of the easier schedules finishing out the season. Next week they play the Bears. We got to add the Packers. You have the Saints going to New Orleans for that game. Uh, you have the Bears. Uh, you have the Bears again, uh, the Broncos, and that could be a flex game either on Friday, I think either on Friday or Saturday. And then as well, my apologies, either yeah, Saturday or Sunday, then you finish up with the Vikings, Cowboys, and then Vikings again. So – uh, really, until you get to about December time frame, it uh, Christmas really Christmas for Vikings, Cowboys, and Vikings. I mean, those really are the tougher games. Uh, those other games, again, the, just the way that some of these teams are playing right now with the Saints, you don't know what you're going to get from them. I don't look at that game as a really a tough game. The Packers, that should be a winnable game at home. The Bears, they're, they're at home for the Bears. They should win this game next week. Then they go back to uh, Chicago. Uh, mid mid December, and then of course, uh, two weeks after that for Christmas Eve they play they uh, they play against the Vikings in Minnesota. So, you know they have an opportunity really to win thirteen, maybe fourteen games. But as always, it don't mean a thing if you ain't got that playoff win. I know it's supposed to say ring, but I'm just saying that playoff win. It don't mean a thing. If you go into the postseason and you lose your first game, I know this firsthand as a Tennessee Titans fan. I know it all too well. It does not mean shit if you're the number one seed in either conference and you go out there and stank out, stank up the bed and lose the first round. Been there, done that. All right, let's go ahead. I'll go ahead and just keep it real short and quick with a team that's been stanking up the bed all season long and Thankfully, Ish isn't here to try to defend his boy, Danny Danny Dimes. We all know, of course, Danny Dimes is out for the rest of the year with his knee injury. So, of course, Tommy DeVito is, is now in place of, of, uh, of course, Danny Wood Nickel. Uh, not too much really to talk about. I'm not going to spend too much time on this game. Ooh, excuse me. I just want to congratulate the Cowboys uh, and their fan base for actually doing what they're supposed to do. And that's winning game they're supposed to win. Uh, should be no reason why that the, the the Giants should even have thought about maybe that they have a chance in this game. Uh, Cowboys put up 49 points. I know Cowboys fan base are and, and and players want respect and they want to be talked about in a certain way and this, that, and the third and blah, blah, blah. But, again, I look at this scene the same way I just talked about the Lions. We don't care. We don't care. So I, I don't give a damn what stat line Dak throws. I don't care Dak – through two interceptions throughout the regular season. It doesn't mean anything unless y'all will win the playoff game. I don't know how many times we got to keep saying this. 
I could have sworn Cowboys standard was 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 a Super Bowl and not just hey let's get to the playoffs. You know, again, that just shows you how far these Cowboys have fallen when it comes to their standard of greatness. Beating the Giants, oh whoop de doo, you're a 17 half point favorite. Like I, I'm not I'm not understanding this this whole like we're supposed to take the Cowboys seriously now because of this win. No, we're we we are going to judge the Cowboys like we always do, and that's postseason time. We don't really care. Yeah, y'all can get y'all can go uh, win out the rest of the season. Who cares? Because at the end of the day, y'all's standard is Super Bowls. And if your standard is Super Bowls, why are you out here celebrating a, a weak ass win against the New York Giants? Let's just look at the rest of the schedule for the Cowboys. You have the Panthers, the Commanders, Seahawks, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions, Commanders to end the season. It's a it's a decent schedule, you know. I, I'm not saying it's di- so difficult to where they can't win games they're not supposed to, but you know, you got that mid December game again against the Eagles, um, going to Buffalo in mid December. I don't think again it, that, the way that Josh Allen them playing, I don't think it's as scary of a game as as it looks or supposed to be uh, middle December in Buffalo. Um, then you go to Miami the week after for Christmas Eve. Uh, I'm pretty sure Cowboy players will enjoy that Christmas being in Miami. Um, and then a really good game against the Lions. I think that week 17 game, that's going to prove – I mean, that's going to show us a lot about both of those teams, both about the Lions and the Cowboys, to see how they perform literally about two weeks before the, the, the postseason starts because week after that will be their last game against the Commanders and then right into the postseason time. So, you know, for the Cowboys, we're going to see, we're going to find out real soon, real soon how for real they are. Yes, CD Lamb is playing a little much better. He, he's performing like a, like a, a wide receiver one. Um, but again, uh, some of these stats are like pretty hollow stats and stats that nobody gives a shit about because the Cowboys need to go out there and go win a Super Bowl. All right. Very briefly, don't want to spend too much time on this game just because both of these organizations are pretty, pretty horrible. I'm just being completely honest. Uh, what a uh, sad, pathetic Sunday night of a game this game was. Uh, I chose the Raiders to win this game by default because I just can't trust Zach Wilson and the Jets. Um, but the Raiders um, – with Antonio Pierce, of course, at the helm. I can't really judge this team so far just yet on these two opponents that they play, the Giants and the Jets now, because both of these teams are trash. But um, obviously you, you do see the culture change within the organization. And anytime you win, of course, that makes things that much better. It just, it's just, it is what it is. Nobody's going to argue that, but, we're going to see how real these Raiders are with Antonio Pierce real, real soon because next week they play against the Dolphins. We got to that, they play against the Chiefs. We got to that, they played against the Vikings, Chargers, Chiefs, Colts, and Broncos. So we about to find out real soon if this honeymoon phase is over with or if this Raiders team can really compete with the pieces that they have. I don't think it's an Antonio Pierce thing. I just, I mean, just looking at this roster, it's an okay roster. Yes, you have Devontae Adams. Yes, you have Josh Jacobs. Uh, yes, you have Max Crosby. Yes, you have guys that individually are good, but as a team, it just it's just okay. It's pedestrian. You, Sixteen points against a really good Jets defense. I'm not trying to take anything away from the Raiders because this is a good Jets defense. You did put up thirty points last week against the Giants. Again, a bad defense. So it's hard for me to really judge the Raiders right now because they're just so new when Antonio Pierce, a lot of this is just emotions running when it comes to honeymoon phase. So we'll see how good they really are this upcoming week against the Dolphins. Now, unfortunately with the Dolphins, they're my East Coast, East, East Coast version of the damn Saints and a couple other teams when it comes to my box of chocolates. I just don't know what I'm going to get from the Dolphins from time to time. But going from West Coast to East Coast, I'm expecting the Dolphins to take care of business. Now, if they don't, then, hey, maybe we need to start judging or looking at both of these teams a little bit differently moving forward. But 
for the Dolphins and for them to get back on track, they are six and three. I feel like they've lost a couple of games that they probably shouldn't have, and they probably might feel the same way. This is a time for the rate uh, from sorry for the Dolphins to get back on track and for the Raiders to very, very quickly find out who they really are. Um, again, with Antonio Pierce at the helm, uh, because this could be your coach moving forward. Might not be, but for this Jets, I'm sorry, for this Raiders team, I apologize, I keep going back and forth. For the Raiders team, this is a great opportunity to come together. Uh, you're on the road, of course, when it comes to Raiders against the world. So we'll see how it all plays out. I I just can't trust the Raiders, man. I just, yeah, they're one of those teams that anytime something good happens to them, you're waiting for the bad to happen. And it seems like it happens more often than not. So we'll see how it all plays out. All right. Let me go ahead and wrap it up with a couple of more games. We'll get you guys up on out of here for tonight. Let me uh, speak very briefly on the 49ers and Jags game. Main, main reason why I want to talk about this, uh, besides it being a blog about the 49ers, this was actually Chase Young's debut as a 49er. And thankfully, a guy like Chase Young is finally – out of the shadows of of uh, Washington and not having to be under that organization anymore. Um, but for, again, Chase Young to finally be somewhere where I think he's a little bit more appreciated. Uh, he did only have one tackle and he did have a, he did register half a sack. Uh, but I think again, because he's just so new to the defense, he's trying to find his way onto this team and not trying to obviously step on certain toes. But if this 49ers defense can get it going, which we expect them to, and we talk about it all the time, second half team, watch out for the 49ers. It wouldn't surprise me at all in the Super Bowl. I'm just putting it out there, obviously determining on Brock Purdy's help, and that seems, it seems like that's the only really big – speed bump for them and roadblock when it comes to getting to a Super Bowl is making sure that they have a healthy quarterback. But if they continue to keep doing what they're doing, especially on the defense side of the ball, it's going to be very tough for anybody to beat that team. And we'll talk more about Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars most likely next week. See a lot of rumblings from people talking about how they don't sense how, quote-unquote, special and how, and how much of a franchise generational quarterback that he is a lot of people feel as though that that is kind of um cap and not true so we'll wait until ish gets on the show we'll talk about that a little bit more next week let's uh, wrap it up with monday night football game broncos bills um main reason i want to talk about this because uh what a disappointment and disappointing showing from the buffalo bills at home on monday night football um again i'm gonna wrap this up real short and sweet because the bills they are imploding right in front of our eyes. Obviously released uh, their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, uh, Tuesday morning, after, pretty much right after the game. And it seemed like somebody had to go, right? Uh, it wasn't going to be Sean McDermott, so it seems like somebody just has to go, and that was the coordinator. But sooner or later, I mean, we're going to have to address – really what the issue is, and it's, it's Josh Allen and these turnovers. Now, I think, yes, the office coordinator definitely has a part in it when it comes to how well Josh Allen has performed. And what I mean by that is if we go back to the Brian Dable era where he was the offensive coordinator, Josh Allen was having his best years, literally, in the league. After Brian Dable moves on and, and he's now with Ken Dorsey, it just seems like – it seems like Josh Allen wants to make the home run play every play. And with with uh, with Brian Dable, it seems like he was really one of the few people that can actually reel him in and say, look, we don't need a 40-yard touchdown every play. And I don't know if Josh Allen needs Brian Dable to be successful, but right now that's what it's looking like. And if that's the case, Josh Allen might be out of the league a lot sooner than people think. Now, I'm not saying out of the league like in two years. I'm mainly saying like as a as a high elite functioning starter in the league, if he if he continues with these turnovers, he's either going to be a backup or he's not going to play at all because if you are a quarterback, the most important thing is protecting the ball. 
So because he plays for Buffalo, he gets away with a lot of different things, mainly being in Buffalo. But if he continues with these turnovers, it's hard for a lot of people to defend Josh Allen. And at the end of the day, what we can go off of is on, is on tape. And if your tape looks like shit, we got to judge you on what we see on tape. It doesn't matter what you did four or five years ago. It's about it's, it's about what you did this year and what you're doing right now. Um, for the Broncos, I talked about it on the pregame show when it comes to Russell Wilson. He's performed this year. This year, he's performed well. It's not like Russell Wilson is really the reason why the Broncos are not where they need to be. They are four and five trying to climb themselves out of this early hole that they put themselves in. Uh, Russell Wilson, I mean, another master class performance from him, 24 from 29, 193, two touchdowns. Now, the yardage itself, of course, don't look, you know, that great, but the best thing is that we got two touchdowns and no inter- and no turnovers. That's that's sound football. That's the main reason why they won this game by two points. Josh Allen turned the ball over twice with, a, with also a fumble by Cook, and then also um, the um, the Broncos didn't turn the ball over not once. Or, I'm sorry, but they turned the ball over one time, but, of course, uh, with their four minus one, that equals to plus three for the Broncos. And when you win a turnover uh, margin by three, majority of the times you should win that game. So for the Broncos to be able to go into Buffalo, pretty much play as great of a of a defensive and offensive performance that you could put on, they, they were able to, of course, get out of Buffalo with the win. So with that being said, we got to keep an eye on Buffalo when it comes to they might not be who they thought they could be. And if we're being honest, I mean, maybe this, maybe the, the stuff that happened in the offseason was a precursor of what was going to happen this season when it comes to this whole just Josh Allen and, and Stefan Diggs thing just not working for whatever reason. Uh, wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Diggs is on another team next year, but. Yeah, this this is not getting better at all for Buffalo. Um, let me look at their schedule real quick to see who they have coming up. They have the Jets next week, which I'm not saying it's a winnable game. It's just it's a game because you don't know how both of these teams are. Got the Eagles the week after that. You got the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Dolphins. So it is not getting easier for the Bills at all. So they better figure it out quick or they will be on the outside looking in this upcoming playoffs. So other than that, I appreciate you guys as always for tuning in to X Talking Ish. I will see you guys on Sunday to preview week 11 of the NFL season. Uh, Thanks as always for tuning in. We will see y'all next week. Thank y'all.